This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, both of our programs tonight are rather on the short side, so I hope you don't mind if I take some extra time in my usual commentary. As is our usual direction, we first lean on the talents of those who can actually make you shiver, first with the written word, and secondly by excellent direction and acting, all combining to fulfill that strange urge to be frightened. Now, I suppose the fact that it is radio affords you quite a bit of protection, but nonetheless... What you're about to hear may induce shivers. Yes, actual shivers up and down your spine. And you may even experience the hair on the back of your neck to really rise. Now, it may feel like there's something supernatural at work here when the hair on your neck stands up and the goosebumps cover your body. But listen to this. Researchers say it's actually quite the opposite. Our response to fear goes back centuries and centuries to when our ancestors had to fend for themselves in the wild against predators and other threats. What happens is something experts call the fight-or-flight response, in which strong emotions trigger a physical reaction in your nervous system. Fear stimulates your brain and triggers a release of adrenaline and other stress hormones throughout your body. This so-called adrenaline rush is what causes your heart to race and your palms to sweat. It's also responsible for goosebumps, which is what makes your hair stand on end. So, what program will I present to cause all this action? Inner Sanctum. Yes, that program with the squeaky door and the tea lady who's so prim and proper, as opposed to Mr. Host, who can't wait to say and do the most ungodly things, just to frighten you and enhance the dark mood that he's helping to create. Now, on January 7th, 1941, the Inner Sanctum radio program premiered, the name licensed to Simon and Schuster, on uh, condition at the end of each broadcast, the announcer would promote the latest book published in the series. The anthology series featured stories of mystery, terror, and suspense, and its tongue-in-cheek introductions were in sharp contrast to shows like Suspense and The Whistler. The program's familiar and famed audio trademark was that eerie creaking door which opened and closed the broadcasts. Hyman Brown got the idea from a door in the basement that, he says, squeaked like hell. The door sound was actually made by a rusty desk chair. The program did originally intend to use a door, but on its first use, the door didn't creak. Undaunted, Brown grabbed a nearby chair, sat in it, and turned, causing a hair-raising squeak. The chair was used from then on as the sound prop, and on at least one memorable occasion, a staffer innocently repaired and oiled the chair, thus forcing the sound man to mimic the squeak orally. 
Well, I've blathered on far too much, I'm sure, but I hope uh, that you found uh, what I had to say rather interesting. So, let's begin Inner Sanctum and the program entitled Death Bound. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. This is your host, inviting you through the squeaking door for another half hour of gruesome gaiety. (laughs) Friends, have you heard of a magician who sawed his wife in two parts because she was a split personality? Or the wife who slit her husband's throat and asked the court for clemency on the grounds that she was a widow? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's the kind of personalities we feature on this program. So listen closely and be sure not miss one drop of blood. (laughs) Tonight's Inner Sanctum Mystery, Death Bound, is an original radio drama written by Milton Lewis and stars Richard Widmark in the role of Rocky and is presented by the Emerson Drug Company of Baltimore, Maryland. All right, friends, curdle up to the fire, turn the lights low, test out your scream, and we'll let the gore flow. (laughs) You see, we're going in for poetry tonight, but don't worry, nobody's going to be murdered in free verse. Night, and in a small, scrubby little park buried among the skyscrapers of a large city, a young man sits on a bench, sullenly sucking a cigarette. He's lost in thought and hardly notices it when someone sits down quietly next to him. Excuse me. Hmm? Have you got a match? Here. Thanks. Keaton. You're worried. Who asked you? You're worried about money. Well, who ain't? And it's none of your business, see? Sure. Okay, so shut up. You can't pay for that car or the rent. Yeah. Well, how'd you know? You've got a pretty wife. Yeah. She likes fine clothes. You can't pay for them. How do you know so much about me? Doesn't make any difference, Rocky. My name? Who told you about me? Nobody. Cut it out. Getting chilly tonight, isn't it, Rocky? Who are you? Don't try to understand it. Why not? Hey, what are you up to? Nothing. How do you know my name? What do you want with me? Don't be foolish, Rock. Quit stalling or I'll let you have it on the kisser. Let go of it. Start talking. Go on. You're pretty tough. Aren't you, Rock? I'm tough and I'm hepping. I want to know your angle. Start spilling. What are you afraid of, Rocky? You're smart. You tell me. Maybe I will sometime. You see, I know what's going to happen. About what? About you. What are you talking about? The future. You know what's going to happen to me? Yes. Right to the end of your life. Oh, you nuts. You can stop worrying about money. Thanks. It's nice of you to say so. Before tonight's over, you'll have $10,000 in cash. You're loony. Waiting for you at home. Yeah, I bet you think that'll send me running home, huh? Uh-huh. 
You're afraid your wife will get that money. Yeah. Yeah, you got something there. Babe's too darn good looking to trust. Yeah. Ah, you're kidding me. You think so? Nobody can see into the future. No one but me. Ah, you're too bad even to talk to. I'm going. Good night, Rocky. Good night. Hello, Slim. This is Babe. Hi, kid. How's my pal, Rocky? I don't know, and I don't care. You kidding? No. Where is he? He ain't home yet. Oh, Slim. Yep? You, uh, meant what you told me last time? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm coming over. Uh, you sure you know what you're doing, babe? Yeah. I'm fed up with Rocky. I'm fed up with this dump. I'm through. Him and his big talk, well, he can listen to himself now and see how he likes it. Okay, babe. I'll be waiting. Uh, I gotta hang up now. I think he's coming in. Goodbye, Slim. Hi. Hi, Rocky. Was anybody to see me? No. Who'd you expect? Nobody. Anyone call? No. Any packages come? Anything like that? No. What are you all dressed up for? I'm going to my mother. Why? Well, she's sick. Hmm. You look like he was going to a ball. What do you need the suitcase for? I told you, my mother's dying, maybe. I gotta stay with her, maybe. Always you're asking a million questions like you didn't trust me to walk around the corner. If you think you're walking out on me, I'll... What would I want to walk out on you for? You treat me like the Queen of Sheba. You give me a different mink coat to wear every day in the week. Can't even lift my hands because my fingers are so heavy with diamonds. Shut up! It's all you can do, stop me. After the wife I've been to a no-good skunk like you. Me that could have had any guy. I could have been rich. We're gonna be. I'm gonna get 10,000 bucks. You? Ten thousand bucks? Sure. <laughs> you haven't got a dime a week. Where are you going to get it? I don't know. You don't know? But a guy in a park told me, a queer guy. <laughs> he says he can see into the future. He told me. He told you? Yeah. You crazy dumb heel. You're going off. What are you looking at? That package. What package? This one right here. Huh? You said nothing came for me. I didn't know about that. No. Well, the janitor must have brought it while I was out. He did? Yeah, he does it lots of times. It's got my name on it. Look. Who said it? It don't say. Why don't you open it? I don't know. You're scared. What are you scared about? I ain't. Well, what are you handshaking for? All right, I'll open it. Hey, there's a wallet here. Babe. Look. 
It ain't fake? No, it's a real thing. Hundreds. Look, ten of them. Oh, look yeah. Each is a grand. Each worth ten yards. I've never seen a grand bill before. A piece of paper worth a grand. Keep your hands off it. I never touched no grand before. Hey, uh, you was going to your mother's. Yeah, but I, I changed my mind. Did you? She can die without you? Oh, Rocky. There ain't no way to talk to me. Me who loves you has gone through so much with you. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> I've been so broke, I must have been a little nuts. <laughs> but I ain't nuts now. I got ten grand. Hello. Rocky? Who's this? The man from the park. Was I right? Right. I can't believe it. I got... Did you get the $10,000? No. You're lying. Do you want to hear more about your future, Rocky? Yeah. Listen carefully. You're going to die tonight. Die? Die. Good night, Rocky. What's the matter? Who was it? The guy who said I was going to get the money. I, I wasn't going to tell him I got it. <laughs> Everybody's got their angle. He'd rob me or something, sure. Look at me. Why? How do I look? White. Like you've seen something. Do I look like I was going to die? Do I? Well, answer me. No, 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 Rocky, no. Who's that? I don't know. Open it. Why don't you? Because maybe he meant I was going to get killed. Go on, you open it. Who is it? There's no one, just a package. Here. It's it's for you. It's just like the other one. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait a second, Dave. Don't open it. Oh, maybe it's some more dough. <laughs> what? Rocky. Look, on the floor. <gasps> This is something I can't figure out so easy. What's the matter? The middle finger. The tip's gone. I'm going to get the car and I'm going to leave. I'm going with you. Why? Because I got the ten grand. Rocky, how can you say that? Something queer is going on here tonight. You need me. Okay, let me get my gun first. Rocky, why are you doing that? Why are you digging up that grave? You better not ask so many questions. Look, if you tell me, I, I could help you more. You close up like a clam. You drive out here to the cemetery, you start digging, you don't shut up. Hey, I think I found it. What? I'll let you know in a minute. As soon as I can open this coffin. Turn that flashlight down here. Okay. Ow! You want to know why I come here? 
Take a look in there. You see his right hand. It ain't there. You are listening to Inner Sanctum, brought to you by Bromo Seltzer. The willies are waiting for you. We've got some nice spine tingles and flesh crawls for you and you. And, of course, you. Well, let's go on with the second half of tonight's grisly gavotte. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Rocky had just dug up a body in the graveyard. And he's just told his wife that the corpse had no hand attached to his right arm. Rocky, you mean that thing that was in the package? Yeah. It was his hand. Are you sure? Sure. The tip of the middle finger was cut off. Stephen Dane. What are you doing? Reading that name on the tombstone. Rocky, who's Stephen Dane? Why do you want to know? Because maybe I can help you. Nobody can help me. You mustn't say that. Can't you see? This ain't something you can fight, babe. First the guy tells me I'll get ten grand. I get the ten grand. Then he tells me I'm going to die and that hand comes. I tell you, it's quick. And there's nothing I can do about it except wait to die tonight. Only you tell me. Okay, I'll tell you. That guy, Stephen Dane... We killed him. We? Me and Slim. Why? Money. Anybody know? Nobody but you. The cops. They picked us up. They didn't have nothing on us. I get it. I'm going to die tonight, babe. No, you're not. This is something too big for me. I'm afraid. I'm... Look. Where? Over there. Oh, that's light. It's a queer kind of a light. Yeah, I see it. It's coming here. Yeah, it's coming for me. Rocky, it's closer. You ain't gonna get me. Nobody's gonna get me. I don't care what you are. You ain't gonna kill me. You hear me? I'll let you hang. It's gone now. Yeah. Yeah, babe. Yeah, maybe I killed it, huh? Whatever it is, maybe I killed it, huh? What do you think, babe, huh? What do you think? Phone's ringing. Yeah, I'll take it. No, you better... Get away from it. Hello. Hello, Rocky. You. Yes. The man in the park. What do you want now? I just called to find out if he was still alive. I'm doing fine. See, I'm doing great. Nothing's gonna happen to me. Sure, Rocky. I'll call again. Who are you, anyway? Don't try to understand things that are too much for you, Rocky. You leave me alone, see? If you call me again, I'll go out and I'll get you. I'll find you somewhere and I'll pump you full of lead. I ain't scared of you or nothing or nobody alive or dead. I'll tell you, I swear I will. Goodbye, Rocky. (laughs) That... That was him again. Yeah. And you're letting yourself go to pieces. Don't you worry about me. I'm okay. Babe. Yeah. Why didn't we find nothing? 
Where? In the cemetery where the light was. I swear I shot something, but there was nothing. Why did you come back here? Where can we go? With ten grand? There's a lot of places. No, you can't run away, not from something like this. I figured I'd come back, see? I'd get ready for it. When it came, I'd be all ready to fight it. That's my angle. What are you going to fight? I... I don't know, babe. I don't know. I don't know. Say it, babe. Tell me again. I'm not going to die. Tell me again and again and again. Tell me all night I'm not going to die. Tell me. Say it. No. No. But you said it in the cemetery. Yeah. You believe I'm going to get it too, huh? Yeah. Why'd you change your mind? That thing on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. No. I'll give you five grand. No, I won't Look touch it. it. Look at it like it wanted to grab me. Like it wanted... Wait a minute. Maybe that's it. What? That's what I'm waiting for. Don't you get it, babe? Here I am waiting for something that's going to kill me. Don't you get it? This is it. How can it kill you? How can the other things happen? But they did. I'm going to get it out of here. No, don't touch I it. I bet if I touch it, I won't be scared anymore. If I get rid of it, that'll break the curse. I'm going to get no. it. No. You see, I got it. It can't hurt me. I ain't scared. <laughs> it's the hand of the man I killed, and I ain't... No! It's trying to grab me. It's going to get me. Ah! Rocky. <laughs> it started to move, babe. It started to go. Rocky. Rocky, you don't know what you're saying. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm going out of my head. Don't leave me, babe. No, I'm no, I won't. tackle all this alone. Don't leave me. Okay, okay. Maybe I'm so scared because we killed him. Don't leave me, babe. No, I I'm won't. sick and I'm scared and I'm going to die. Don't leave me. When we killed him, I did it only because he was a rich kid and I wanted Doe to set you up right. Don't okay, leave me, okay. babe. Please, please don't leave Rocky, me. Rocky, I ain't going. I ain't going. Listen, you better get hold of yourself. Go on in there, Rocky. Lie down. Just lie quiet. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, lie, lie, lie down. That ain't a bad idea. Lie down. Yeah, maybe I can figure it all out. Seven, three, four, five. Hello? Slim, this is Babe. Uh, I'm still awake. Listen, Slim, something's come up. Rocky's got ten grand in cash. Uh, that's why you didn't come in. Now, look, you don't understand. He's blowing his top. He's going crazy. So what? So you better get over here. Why? I want that ten grand. I want you to get it. Get it yourself. No. You'll do it. What makes you think so, babe? Because I know all about Stephen Dane. What? Rocky told me. I'm coming over. And bring your gun. I want to get rid of Rocky. I'll bring it. Goodbye. Goodbye. So that's hey! the angle. Rocky! I heard you, babe. You did? Every word. Put the gun away, Rocky. No. 
You're uh, making a mistake. I don't think so. Look, I, I, I uh, had an angle. I, I was doing it to help sure, you. Sure, babe, sure. Let me explain why I called you Slim. You explain fine. I heard Rocky, you. don't, don't. You're behind don't the do whole it. thing. I don't know how you worked it, babe, but you were after that Rocky. ten grand. Did Slim help you? Rocky. You're no good. You never was any Rocky, good. Rocky, Why do you always keep calling up? Why don't you come up yourself? Maybe I will, Rocky. To see you die. Goodbye. What? Rocky, don't reach, Slim. I got you covered. <laughs> it's a fine way to greet an old pal. Hell. Where's babe? There. Huh? Oh. Why'd you do it? It shouldn't be so tough to figure out. I ain't sorry. No? Ah, she was cheating on you. She wanted to get you ten grand. You ought to know. Well, you got ten grand. Yeah, keep them up, Slim. You must be nuts. I wouldn't do nothing to you. Maybe. Rocky, after what we've been through together. Don't you remember that Dane business? I didn't rat on you then. Why should I rat on you now? Because I got ten grand because somebody's going to kill me. Maybe it's you. What are you talking about? I ain't taking any chances, Slim. You got reason to kill me. He said it had happened. I ain't going to let it happen. I ain't going to die. She was right. Your bets, your are Shut up now. Don't reach. I ain't taking any chances. Come on. I told you not to reach. Why didn't you listen? Rocky. You were the one he meant, all right. You got me. The score's even, Slim. You got me. You hear? It's all coming true. You hear me, Slim? It was because of that kid, Stephen Dane. The one we killed, that's why it happened. I know it. Slim. Slim, I, I can't see it. Oh, I can't see a thing. Oh, I can hardly move. Who's there? Who is it? Who came in? Just me, Rocky. Oh, the man in the park. That's right, Rocky. You're not getting away. The gun's empty. Yes, Rocky. I, I can't see it. It'll be over in a minute, Rocky. Oh. I just came to watch you die. Then I'll get my $10,000 back. Your money? Yes. I had it sent here. You. You poor, stupid fool. I stood in the apartment next door. I made a little peephole. I watched your little rat mind collapse. I watched you run to the cemetery. I watched you kill your wife and then him. I knew I'd be right in my plans. 
Like all criminals, you're cowardly, superstitious, vicious. But mostly stupid. I suppose if you weren't, you wouldn't be a criminal. Who are you? The name is William Dane. The brother of the man you murdered. The police couldn't get you. I did. No, you didn't. I'm still alive. Rocky? Goodbye, Rocky. Well, friends, the moral for tonight's medley of murders is taken from the uh, undecipherable handwriting of one of the wisest morons who ever made a dope of himself. The famous Egyptian, Baloney, who said, Don't be afraid to go to sleep because so many people get murdered at night. Just remember, you can be murdered in the daytime, too. <laughs> Well, it's time to close that squeaking door for another seven-day rest until next week at the same time when Bromo Seltzer brings you another Inner Sanctum Mystery directed by Hyman Brown. Oh, by the way, this month's Inner Sanctum Mystery novel is A Halo for Nobody by Henry Kane. Next week's little horror deals with a gal who planted her uncle in the rose bushes and then was terribly surprised at what came up. It's called The Ghost in the Garden. You'll be sure to listen, won't you? Until next Monday, then, good night. Pleasant dreams. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for My Friend Irma, a long-running radio situation comedy created by writer-director-producer Cy Howard. The show was so popular in the late 40s that its success escalated to films, television, a comic strip, and a comic book that comprised the franchise. Marie Wilson portrayed the title character. And I found this little factoid rather fascinating. Because of the popularity of the show, a contest was run for the services of Irma, or Marie Wilson, to act as a secretary for the highest bidder for one day, with her willing to travel anywhere in the U.S. The money, that was to go to the March of Dimes charity to fight polio. And the winner, the Coca-Cola Bottling Company of Fort Worth, Texas which was $5,000. Pretty good, huh? And now the story on My Friend Irma of The Dancing Fools. Lieber Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap that gives you a wonderful new kind of suds, presents... Our friend Swan with My Friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgot. Theirs will still be hot. My friend Irma. 
Jane Stacy, and I live with Irma Peterson. You know, they say that we begin to acquire knowledge from the moment we first see the light of day. I know it's true, because Irma's always going around singing, I am waiting for the sunrise. (laughs) Now, don't jump at conclusions, because I love Irma Peterson, but it's so hard to make her understand things. For instance, the other night we were discussing names, and I mentioned that Johnson means son of John, and Michelson means son of Michael, and Irma Peterson said, Gee, then I must be Irma, son of Peter. (laughs) For those things, you just don't fight. Especially this lovely Sunday morning when the thoughts of the wonderful time that I had last night are still fresh in my memory. Irma. Yes, Jane? I'm so sorry you weren't with us last night. Richard took me to the starlight roof of the Waldorf. We rumbled all evening. It's just heavenly. I had a date with Al. Yeah, I know. What did you do? Well, Al walked me down Broadway and let me read the news bulletins on the Times building. (laughs) Naturally. What else? And then, you know, the bus that goes to Chinatown? Yes. Al showed me the bus. (laughs) Ah, it's a reckless plunger if ever I saw one. What else did you do? Well, then we ran out of money. So we went to the park. (laughs) We went to the park and sat on the bench. I see. You know, the poor have fun, too. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Irma, but honey, how can you let that no-good loafer see you Saturday after Saturday without ever spending a nickel on you? What can I do? Well, at least if you could get him to dance, you and Al could go out with Richard and me. I'd love a double day. But Jane, Al dances. Irma, I have seen Al dance with you. And when he swings his legs, it can only be described as the try for the extra point after a touchdown. (laughs) On a slippery field with a wet ball. Well, it's the only step he knows. He said he learned it running between railroad ties. Well, I don't care what he says, Irma. It's up to you to make Al toe the mark. What do you mean? Well, today, any half-civilized man can dance the rumba. You know how. Why don't you teach him? Well, Jane, I'd love to make him half-civilized, but he's against it. (laughs) Well, I have nothing more to say, and you deserve everything you get. Hello? Hello, Jane. This is Richard. Oh, how's my favorite boss today? Oh, swell, dear. Say, Jane, keep tomorrow night free. Yeah? I'm expecting Mr. and Mrs. Delbert Watkins of Chicago. He's an important client, and I want you to help me entertain them. You know, dinner, dancing. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, it would be nice if we had another couple along so it wouldn't look so much like business. Do you know anyone we might invite? Well, there's Irma and... Oh, you said dancing. Yes, I see what you mean. I remember Al's dancing. Thought he was trying to impersonate a wounded grasshopper. (laughs) Well, uh, why don't you call back later, Richard? I'll see what I can do. Okay. Bye, Richard. Bye. There, now, you see, Irma, Richard would love to have you and Al along tomorrow night. Honey, now, this is your chance. Al's coming here. Why don't you spend the afternoon teaching him a simple rumba step? Oh, it's no use. Al would get tired, and second thing you know, we'll be back on the sofa where he wanted to be in the first place. (laughs) Oh, Irma, I can't understand you. You like to dance, don't you? Oh, certainly. Why, I once won a cup in Minnesota dancing the rumba with Harvey Connors. I only wish he was here now. Oh, he is. You mean in New York? Yes, and he's very successful. He lives at the YMCA. (laughs) Well, honey, now that's enough for me. You're going to phone him. Oh, no, Jane, please. I couldn't go out with another fella. That would be going behind Al's back, and then I couldn't face him. Oh. 
Don't be such a martyr, Irma. You're young, sweetie, and you're pretty. Be fair to yourself. Now, how long have you known Al? Five years. And what has he spent on you in that time? Five years. (laughs) (laughs) And you're worried about him. You know, it just burns me up. I never heard of a man so against dancing. Come in. It's only me, Professor Kravatki. (laughs) Hello, Janie and Irma, my two little bottle openers. One straight and one screwy. (laughs) Why, Professor? Excuse me, a little joke I picked up in the hardware store. (laughs) Professor, you can help me prove a point with Irma. I maintain that every man dances. Do you? By me, it's a must. You see, Irma? Well, where do you dance, Professor? In my room. Heaters broke, fireplace don't work, got to dance to keep warm. <laughs> but what's the argument? Oh, there's no argument. I'll be back, honey. Oh, Jean, you're not going to call Harvey Connors. Well, if Al won't take you dancing, Harvey might. Now, I'm not going to let you sit home. Goodbye, honey. Irma, what's the matter? Oh, Professor, if you were a girl and your boyfriend couldn't dance and you had a chance to go out, would you take it like a man if you were a girl? I'd like to give you a straightforward answer If you could only straighten out the question Well, uh, Jane's going to invite my old boyfriend Harvey To take me dancing And, well, that would be two-timing Al I love Al What shall I do? Uh Well, Irma, there is an old saying What is it? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush But how does that apply to me? It doesn't. This is a saying for bird lovers. <laughs> but you ask a foolish question, you get a foolish answer. Oh, Professor, I don't know what to do. If I break up with Al, he'll simply go out of his mind. Then it will really be a shame. Two people so compatible should be apart. <laughs> oh, see who it is, Professor. If it's Al, uh, uh, and I say, come in, Harvey, Harvey won't come in. We take no chances. Welcome, stranger. <laughs> Ranger, it's me, Al. Hello, Professor. Hiya, Jacob. Hello, Al, honey. Why do you look so tired? Can't sleep. That factory across the street is driving me crazy. Well, why don't you go to bed early? I do, chicken, but that noon whistle wakes me up every morning. (laughs) Speaking of factories, I think I'll go back to my room and punch in. (laughs) Punch in? Yeah, the door is stuck. (laughs) Well, as they say in English, pip-pip. What a language. (laughs) Al, uh, I'm glad of this chance to be alone with you because I want to talk to you. Sure, chicken. What about? Well, if I said it was for my sake, would would you learn the rumba? The rumba? Baby, that's for sissy. The Park Avenue crowd go for it because they got nothing else to do. And having nothing else to do, they get nervous and start to shake. First thing you know, they meet another of their kind who is also shaken... Put them together, you're going to rumble. Oh, Al, you're so selfish. All you want to do is sit here on the sofa when we could be dancing. Selfish? Chicken, what I'm doing is for the good of my fellow man. Let me ask you, how many guys in an orchestra? I don't know. About 15, I guess. You know how many guys are employed in a sofa factory? 10,000. Should I put 10,000 guys out of a job just to keep 15 working? Oh, Al, but, but we'd have so much fun together. Chicken, what's in back of all this? Well, if you would let me teach you the rumba this afternoon, we could go out with Jane and Richard and the Watkins tomorrow night. Sorry, Irma, not interested. No rumba for me. 
I'm not one of them guys who has to keep bouncing up and down because he ain't got the nerve to look a dame in the eye. <laughs> All right, Al, but don't blame me for what might happen. What are you talking about? Well, Al, you're not the only pebble in the sea, and there are plenty of fish on the beach. <laughs> now, look, chicken, just because I won't rumba, don't threaten me. You're a sweet kid, but take it from me, guys are very scarce nowadays. Before you find another guy, it might be a long, long time. Who is it? It's me, Harvey Connors. My, how time flies. <laughs> Who's that, chicken? Oh, Al... It's not my fault. You see, Jane said that Don't blame I... Jane. I'll find out for myself. Come here. Hello, Irma. Gosh, it's been a long time. Yes, Harvey. Uh, I-, I want you to meet Al. Uh, Al, this is Harvey. Hello, Al. It's nice to know you. Hmm. Gee, Harvey, uh, uh, <laughs> you haven't changed a bit. Neither of you, except uh, you're much prettier. Uh, Harvey, do you ever hear from any of the folks back home? Just one. Remember Tommy Clark? Tommy Clark? Oh, certainly. He was the first fellow I ever kissed. Gee, how he could kiss. Yeah, nice guy. He's a glass blower now. (laughs) If I'm not intruding, bud, why don't you get lost? Lost? Well, Irma's roommate, Miss Stacy, said something about Irma wanting to go to a dance tomorrow night. That's why I dropped around. Well, kid, change of plans. Sorry you got to rush along, but keep in touch. If anything turns up, we'll call you. Don't bother to write. Oh, wait a minute, Al. Harvey's an old friend. We won a rumba contest together in Minnesota, didn't we, Harvey? Yes, it's been a long time since I danced with you. Shall we dust off the old insteps and... Give it a whirl. Hold up there. What's wrong, Al? No girlfriend of mine is going to dance with no fast-talking city slicker. Now, just a minute please, Al, now don't make a scene. Hi, everybody. Hey, what's going on? Oh, Jane, isn't it terrible? They're fighting over me. (laughs) (laughs) They're fighting? Who? Oh, oh, this must be hard. How do you do? Time to get out, Jane. Now, wait a minute, Al. Irma is entitled to some pleasure, and if you don't give it to her, she'll get it elsewhere. Oh, yeah? Well, not with this guy. And how are you going to prevent it? Well, I'll... I'll... Say it, Al. I'll... Learn the rumba. (laughs) Oh, Al, thanks. I'm I'm sorry, Harvey, but thanks for volunteering. Oh, perfectly all right, Irma. To tell you the truth, I'm glad it turned out this way. You see, this is the same suit I wore when we won the rumba contest, and it's a little tight on me. Well, goodbye. Goodbye, Harvey. Well, Al, I'm glad to see that you're such a good sport. Yeah, well, don't rub it in. I'm going to let Irma teach me today, and I'll learn to rumba so good, she'll think she's dancing with Arthur Murray. Don't be silly, Al. If I wouldn't go out dancing with Harvey, I'm certainly not going to dance with someone else. <laughs> first rumble lesson. The carpet's been rolled up, the furniture's been pushed back, and the phonograph is poised for the opening gong. In this corner, Irma Peterson, 115 pounds and ready for action. In that corner, Al, 165 pounds and ready to jump out of the window. (laughs) Frankly, I've never seen Irma so happy. 
I just can't get over the radiant look on her face. Her expression is that of a mother who is about to see her child take his first step. <laughs> I have a feeling that Al doesn't want to come to Mama. Irma? Yes, Jane? Change the needle in the phone graphs already. Thanks. Are you ready, Al? Look, chicken, I know I promised, but... Why should I learn the rumba when I got a whole mess of Charleston steps I've never even used yet? <laughs> oh, come on, Al. Be a good sport. I'm anxious to see how you do, because I want to phone Richard if you're joining us. Come oh, on. We'll show you. Come on, Al. Feel like I'm going to the dentist. <laughs> now, Al, first I want you to get to know the rhythm of the rumba music when you hear it. Uh, start the music, Jane. Okay. Sorry, it's the wrong record. <laughs> you want me to dance or salute? Oh. <laughs> oh, gee. I'm sorry, Al. Here it is. It's a wonderful rumba, Siboney. Oh, hold it just a minute, Jane. Uh, I want to show Al the correct position for the rumba. Now, Al, take my hand. Oh, no, not so close. Stand back. That's it. Chicken, if we're going to stand this far apart, there's no point in dancing with you. <laughs> I can just call you up on the phone. <laughs> Well, that's correct. Well, it might be correct, but it ain't fun. Now, come on, kids. Here goes the music. All right, now, I'll lead you, Al. Ready? One, two, three, step. One, two, three, step. No, no, Al. What's wrong? Well, when you dance a rumba, you're not supposed to move the head, the shoulders, or hips. Just the feet and the knees. Understand? Okay, but do you mind if the rest of me comes along just for the ride? <laughs> What, what didn't I do now? When you do the rumba, you don't jump around. You stay in one place. Can't dance that way, chicken. Got to keep moving. Why? The joints I go to, my pockets will be picked in the first aid bar. <laughs> oh, chicken, I want to make you happy, but I just wasn't cut out for this sissy stuff. Oh, don't say that, Al. Uh, you're graceful. Oh, you think so? <laughs> oh, certainly. And don't forget, you haven't got a career yet. Uh, you could become a great dancer. Well, never thought of it that way. Sure, maybe we could become a team. Uh, call ourselves Al and Irma, those dancing fools. <laughs> kind of corny, chicken. But descriptive. <laughs> or uh, maybe Al and Irma, a boy and a girl, four legs, that's all. Oh, my. <laughs> Al, are you going to dance? Try it once more. Let's go. One, two, three, step One, two, three, step Oh, no, no, Al What do I get a ticket for now? Well, you keep shaking your head Pretend there's a, a, a plate of spaghetti on your head And you don't want to spill it Keep your head erect Gotcha, let's go One, two, three, step One, two, three, step Oh, Al What are you doing? Sorry, chicken. Can't concentrate. Getting hungry. <laughs> Keep thinking of that spaghetti on my head. Oh, Jane, what's a use? You and Richard better go out with the Watkins alone. I'm in love with the wallflower. Oh, don't say that, chicken. I tried. It's just one of them things. Some guys is born for the rumba. Some guys is born for the sofa. <laughs> 
Listen, Al, you promised Irma. You made her send Harvey home, and you're going to learn if you stay here all afternoon. Uh, uh, let me try leading you. I'm game. Start the music, will you, honey? And listen, Al, I'm not Jolson, and you're not Sonny Boy, so stay off my knees. <laughs> we'll make a definite effort. Thank you. One, two, three, step one, two, three, murder! <laughs> Sorry, Jane, didn't mean to kick your ankle. No? What were you aiming at? <laughs> All right, let's try it again. One, two, three, step, one, two, three, step, one, two, three, mother. Yeah, I thought I did pretty good there. Yes, you did, at mountain climbing. Oh, <laughs> uh, we better quit. No, you don't, Al. Between Irma and me, you're going to learn this rumba if it kills you. Now, come on. One, two, three, step. Come one, on. One, two, three, Do step. Do it. One, two, one, that's two, right. Three, come on, step. Come on. One, two, three, step. <laughs> Well, girls, how'd I do? Well, Irma, say something. Jane, speak. Well, the two of you are just going to lie on the floor like that. I'll sit down. Jane, do you want some water? No. See if you can get plasma. Oh, now, cut the kidding, Jane. I wasn't that bad. No, well, let me tell you. Come I in. Had... Hello, Emma. How are you, Jane? Oh, hello, Richard. I was just going to call you. Say, what happened to this room? Looks like the super chief's been through here. <laughs> no, we were teaching Al Rumba. We're waiting for our battle stars. <laughs> uh, Jane, I don't know what to do about tomorrow night. Watkins just wired, and he and his wife would like to see the floor show at Bowery Sam's, and I can't get a reservation. Bowery Sam? Shouldn't be hard to fix. Well, Al, if there's any way in the world you can swing it, I'd be most appreciative. Now, Watkins' wife is a little eccentric, but he's a big client, and you know what that means. See what I can do. Only one man who can help us. Who else? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al, got a problem. Huh? Why am I out of breath? I was learning the rumba. Yeah, it's a dance. You know, like Bellows and Yolanda? Huh? No, they was never with Notre Dame. <laughs> Joe would like to get reservations for a few friends at Bowery Sam's. What's the dope? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Now, hold it, Joe. No use, folks. What's wrong? The only way I can get you in is if you're my guests. Well, Al, that's wonderful. Oh, no, chicken. Bowery Sam's a classy place. No use me going. Jane would be embarrassed. I can't rumba. Who says you can? You did. Oh, Al, I was just kidding you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> How about when I kicked you in the ankles? Uh, well, that's the latest step, Al. Uh, they're doing that all over uh, Bolivia. <laughs> Is that right, Richard? Yes, yes, and uh, parts of the Argentine. I saw it way over in Jersey. <laughs> You're not kidding me. Of course not, Al. Well, I knew I had talent, but I didn't think it worked so fast. Okay, I'll fix it up right now. Uh, hello, Joe. Al. Coming over with party of six tomorrow night. Huh? No, you don't have to worry. Somebody in the crowd will pay. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Joe. Well, it's all set. Now, look, Richard, I want this understood. If I go along, I want to pay my own way. Oh, no, I wouldn't think of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Irma, sit with me down in the corner while I get my shoes shined. Want to look good tomorrow night. But, Al, why don't you wait until tomorrow night to have them shined? Got the diamond, the shoes now. Don't know what the future will bring. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, Jane and Richard. Bye. Bye, kids. 
Jane, do you think we were right in kidding Al into believing he could do the rumba? You know, that Bolivian step? Oh, it can't do any harm, dear. And what's most important, it'll give Irma a chance to have a good time. She's been home so much. All right, just as long as it can't do any harm. Well, we finally got to Bowery Sam's, but not before I almost had a nervous breakdown. Irma couldn't decide what dress to wear, and she finally chose an evening gown with a neckline so low, I'm sure the dressmaker had to stand in the hole to sew it. <laughs> Al? Well, Al looked rather natty in a rented tuxedo. Took Richard and me quite a time to convince him that he'd look just as sporty without wearing black and white shoes. <laughs> I told Alan Irma to be on the very best behavior because we don't want to do anything that would embarrass Richard and his guests, the Watkins. Well, anyway, Mr. Watkins is seated at my right. We're all at a ringside table. Uh, Mr. Watkins. Yes, Miss Stacy. I, uh, I see you like champagne. Indeed. How about you, Miss Peterson? Gets up my nose and tickles me. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Watkins is very charming, Dell. Well, thank you, Richard. Before she comes back from the powder room, I'd like to tell you... That she's just come out of the hospital. Oh, dear, how unfortunate. Well, between us, I think it's purely imaginary. Helen is sure that she has a stomach ailment. If I could only get her mind off it, I might start to enjoy life. Here she comes. Well, here I am again. Say, that's a rumba. You get a rum, Mrs. Watkins? Ow! Uh, oh. Well, I, I haven't danced in quite a while. You don't do too many fancy steps. No, I do the Bolivian rumba. Come <laughs> on, Mrs. Watkins. Oh, no. Oh, Jane, isn't it wonderful? Uh, this will give Al confidence. This will really give her a reason to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh, Richard, what'll we do? I warned you. Oh, don't worry, Jane. Look at Mr. Watkins. He's not nervous. No? Then why is he putting ketchup in his champagne? <laughs> Irma, I can't look. I, I just can't look. What is Al doing now? I think it's a fancy step. No, he tripped her. <laughs> is she hurt? I don't know. She's not up yet. <laughs> oh, look. Now he's lifting her and spinning her. <laughs> Jane, is that also done in Bolivia? Only in the unexplored part. <laughs> Richard, I'm so sorry, honestly. Oh, Jane, they're coming off the floor. Is she still walking? Yes. On her hands or her feet? Well, here we are back. Darling, you're all right? Oh, I've never felt better. This sweet fool kept kicking me in the ankle so much I forgot all about my stomach. <laughs> well, that sounds like my old Helen. Here, honey, I know you haven't had a drink of champagne in six months, but how about a drink? Certainly, dear. Oh, don't bother pouring it. Just have and be the bottle. <laughs> girl. And Richard, about that 50,000 shares of United, double the order. Thanks, Del. Oh, Al. Al, my ballerina. <laughs> that was nothing. Wait till I find out what they're doing in Peru. the bathtub half full of water and several bars of swan soap floating in it while Irma was busy piling rocks in one end of the tub. She had me for a minute. Then finally I asked for an explanation and Irma said, I want the swans to have a place to dry off when they're through swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Bolivia, everything turned out just wonderfully. But our apartment is no longer the same. Every moment that Al and Irma are together, the phonograph is going and the joint is jumping. In fact, yesterday I said, Irma, you know, you and Al are fanatics about this rumba. Why, why don't the two of you ever sit on the sofa? And Irma said... Oh, Al says that's for kids. <laughs> we have time for that when we grow up. <laughs> and you know, the one person who will still be a kid at 90 will be my friend, Irma. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, tune in an hour earlier over most of these same stations for the Lux Radio Theater. And then stay tuned to listen to... Our friend, Swan. With my friend, Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Hans Conried was Professor Kropotkin. Marie Wilson can soon be seen in the Eagle Lion release, Linda B. Good. Ladies, listen. The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please, keep on saving every single drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. Tune in again to my friend Irma next Monday evening at this same time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Let George Do It, followed by Duffy's Tavern. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.